Hi, I'm Joe. And I'm Dave. And we're the hosts of the Chasing Tomorrow podcast, where we bring you stories that delve into the science and spirit behind intriguing people doing extraordinary things. Performance Tea has been supporting the Chasing Tomorrow podcast since day one, and they've released a new electrolyte and adaptogen-powered sport mix called Endurance. The lemonade and iced tea flavor are delightful, and it's 70 calories per scoop. The blend is easy on the gut. You can check it out at performancetea.com, and they have given us a discount code for any of our listeners to get 20% off their purchase. Just use Chasing20 at checkout. Chasing Tomorrow podcast. This week it's episode 72. This week we have the new backyard world record holder, Harvey Lewis. Harvey, a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, um, ended up running 85 mind numbing, knee aching, jaw dropping yards at Big's Backyard Ultra down in, in Bell Buckle, Tennessee. Uh, beating Chris Roberts, who ended up getting the world's longest assist last week at last week's episode. I recommend everybody going and listening to it. This week, we're going to talk to world record holder Harvey Lewis. Now, Harvey, uh, if you want to find out a little bit more about him, uh, we're going to jump right into the Big's Backyard. If you ever want to find out a little bit more about him, go back to episode number 19. Listen about where this guy came from and just really ultimately this guy's humble nature and his mindset his mindset, his mindset is perfect for this. If you want to do something like this, more like Harvey Lewis. So without further ado, welcome to the Chasing Tomorrow podcast, Harvey. How's the recovery come? Oh, thanks, fellas. Uh, I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, it's kind of funny because I know uh, some of us are still dreaming about the race, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it's been coming very well. Great. Yeah, you're uh I, I mean, we should just jump into lots of other stuff, but you actually ran a marathon this morning. So I think people would probably feel like, oh man, you would have been taking it easy, but I guess you're just back at it. Yeah, well, uh, it was uh, it was like a, a, a more relaxed like pace, which was nice. I had like uh, pre-planned this. So I knew like that I was planning to go very far in bigs. And so I, I like, uh, already set settled on the 445 pace group normally i pace probably like the 305 or 315 or maybe like 325 um so it was it was just a really nice like uh, community event because cincinnati has a great flying pig uh marathon and we have a great community mm-hmm. and this is our first race since uh covid with the pig so the community is just like really excited to get back into it and my little reference on the, the dreaming was uh, because Laz just posted a couple of days ago that he's he's still waking up in the middle of the night and uh, thinking that he forgot to blow the whistle. And uh, my friend uh, Judd, who was my crew chief, messaged me yesterday and he said he keeps waking up thinking that he he like overslept and forgot to you know get me uh, the items for crewing. And I I haven't had a couple uh, I've had a few good nights of real really nice sleep i have woken up uh, a few times actually like I've, I've, i'll be sleeping i'll think i'm still out there running back and forth and i'll kind of shift sides on the bed when i think i'm doing the trail or i'm doing the the road so it's like i kind of shift the places in the bed so that's pretty funny like the, the first so uh, i say a week or 10 10 days after that i would continue to dream that i was still running and uh, i know my fiance was getting tired of me moving around the bed so much 
And so would you would you call that a dream or would you call that a nightmare, Harvey? Oh, no, no. There's no nightmare happening, man. <laughs> that, that, that's a, a real, yeah, it, it's, uh, there's so many nice things about that whole uh, journey. Uh, I, I, I definitely, uh, but maybe we'll like, ha- you know, it, it always does kind of happen around Halloween. So we may get the haunted woods back eventually, like the next couple of years, but uh, they always have like a theme, a theme uh, adventure uh, thing going on down there. But uh, yeah, no, it, it, it's, uh, that race was just something like really special and uh, all the characters in it. Yeah. So it all really, Harvey, it all came together for you on the day. Um, and let's start from the beginning, um, you know, seven o'clock in the morning. You know, you're in Laz's and Sandra's backyard um, getting ready. Did, how were your nerves going into the day? I mean, you end up having the assist last year with, with, with uh, Courtney. So I think it was 67 hours, I believe. Yeah, I think that, 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 yeah, that's right. Yeah, and so, so yeah. tell me about your feelings and your nerves going into the day, uh, the morning of and the, the day before. How, yeah. how are you feeling going in? Well, I, I was really excited. Uh, I, I know, like... Uh, my big A races this year were the Ohio Backyard, uh, Badwater, and Biggs, and uh, so I was really just amped up for it. I, I know, like, uh, I had a little bit challenged, like, the, the few nights before the race, uh, sleeping. I mean, I, I did get, like, at least six hours of sleep, but I, because I've been training, and then, you know, you, you take that taper, you got all that extra energy that's just boiling over. And so uh, my, my energy was really high, uh, but I was in a nice, nice uh, mood. I mean, I, I have a really great crew chief. My, my crew chief, Judd, is uh, you know, one of my very good close friends. And uh, yeah, it's like Comedy Central. I mean, he's always filled with all kinds of great humor. So, I mean, in that environment, plus there was amazing food there I brought along. I mean, it looked like we had moved in. So uh, I was pretty, pretty uh, stoked just to be there and observing what's happening, like seeing the international runners, uh, seeing the uh, seeing Laz and his moment. Like it's great seeing his enthusiasm with the setup and all the flags, and it, it's just a really nice uh, time of the year too, with the 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 edge of fall and the colors just starting to hit with the leaves. So it was real, really nice being down there. And so. I, you know, as a, another crew member down there and with Dave and we talked to Chris last week and you think a little bit about, so this thing goes over multiple days and with the, the night and the day course, you got this <clears throat> shift that happens and, you know, we got a little bit lucky in that the night before it started, it poured like crazy, but then it stopped raining, which, you know, who knows what would happen had that been happening during the race. But tell us a little bit about like day one. I mean, you're, you know, it's not like this is a couple hour thing and you're going to run hard. You have to sort of like think about, okay, I'm out on the day course, I hit to the night course, come back. I mean, was it like feeling as good as you wanted to? Were you eating well, resting? What was the strategy day one? Yeah, I mean, uh, well, first the weather. Yeah, I mean, we really like got like uh, ideal conditions. It was like we were taking a trip down to the Bahamas uh, with only cool, cool skies. So, I mean, I was really appreciating, like, the nice, calm weather. Uh, you know, the first year I ran bigs in 2017, and I had no idea what, what I was doing down there. Uh, Guillaume and I, we got this crazy torrential rain the second night that was, like, 
coming at us in sheets like it was crazy and we didn't have like that much rain gear i remember i couldn't even see which direction i was going exactly on the road i just have to follow the line so you know that the idea of having like the the calm weather was was really really nice uh so uh yeah i just like day one i just uh really you know ate ate all the food i could like i eat all plant-based foods and uh i had like uh really just uh i mean it looked like an incredible I, I looked like i was geared up for about a month in, in like uh in tennessee in terms of my food selection so i mean I, I remember i was eating these abe's muffins uh i was eating like uh just fruit uh like dried fruit i was drinking like all kinds of great drinks i had like this uh organic uh chocolate banana almond uh like drink from costco I mean, I had like all my favorites. So, I mean, it was like a party uh, and, and it was just an interesting environment because we, every year this kind of evolves a little bit. So we had the big tents versus having all individually staged smaller tents. And so being in the big tent, it looked like a bit of a circus tent. And then you had like uh, each runner was kind of poised like five feet, uh, you know, next to each other by spread out by five feet. And I think they even had like little tombstones for us with our names on. <laughs> so, so, I mean, I just kind of laughed at the things and just didn't take the, you know, anything too seriously. I just uh, enjoyed like the moment and uh, just the, the story of it. Yeah. And so, so Harvey, you look like from the very beginning, you, you went out, you know, Laz rang the bell and every hour you went out very, very conservatively. Um, you know, I remember every loop, um, you know, I went out. And I ran, in fact, you know, in comparison to when I ran that race two years ago, I ran, you know, the daytime loops two to three minutes slower than what I ran, mm. you know, two years ago. Yet every single hour I found myself coming through first, um, you know, in front of everybody else. And I remember Laz ended up pulling me aside after the first hour and he put his arm over me and he said, let me tell you about the story who, you know, let me tell you about the story about the guy or that guy who came in faster than anybody else, you know, he never wins the race. And he said, you know, don't be that guy, Dave. And so the next hour comes by Harvey and, and I come through and, and faster than anybody else. And he says, hey, everybody, look, it's it's that guy. And you know, it, <laughs> no. became, it became the, the funny thing that everybody was talking about. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm, I'm feeling comfortable. I'm right. feeling like I'm running slowly, but you know what? I look back and I look at, you know, you and, and Courtney DeWalter and, and everybody else and you're, you guys are, 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 are fast runners, but yet you're running a lot slower. Were you intentionally pulling the pace back that much? And do you felt, do you feel like it paid dividends later? So did, did he say that to you this year or? Oh yeah. Three, yeah. Did, and he that, said that to me for about 12 or 14 hours. Straight. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm that well, guy. Was so that was it. He's like, hey, it's that guy, right? That is something else. Oh, yeah. he is something. He's a character. Oh, he's. Well, awesome. he, he certainly loves to like mess with us, you know, a little bit. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I can't really speak for everyone because uh, you know we all have different like paces that feel comfortable. You know, for example, today I paced the 445 group, which you know, like in, in looking at that, that's like, wow, that's a really you know uh, a slower time that I would normally run. Um, but to be honest with you, I, I felt probably more tired running a 445 time than I would if I ran like a 315 or 325 time, just because mm -hmm. 
my stride is different. So my stride is much more, uh, it's just slowed down. It's maybe a little, I, I, I do something strange. I like shorten it a little bit. Um, you know, it's, it's so, you know, it, we're not all programmed to run the exact same speed, but finding that equilibrium point, like finding the, uh, the place that is that sweet spot is, uh, the important part of the route. And, uh, you know, so for me, I, I, well, I think one of my strengths is, is pacing. And I, you know, I go off of like what feel like what, how I feel. I don't have any heart rate monitor or anything like that, but I just know my, 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 you know, I probably know the heart rate, like based on like, just, you know, what feels right to me. Mm-hmm. But, um, I wouldn't say that my mode is the, like the, 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 the mode for everybody. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, some of our European friends across the, the pond, like they, they, I know like the, um, Carl Sable, you know, uh, they had made uh, a bigger point for how they had run, you know, faster loops, uh, in last year and how that really helped them. And so I think that, you know, there was like a couple of trains of thought, like some people are thinking, oh, you know, maybe I should run faster loops and then I can like bank more sleeping time. Uh, or maybe I should run like a little more conservative and, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I think it's hard to, to emulate exactly. You kind of have to find the, the correct balance for yourself. But that being said, the person that usually is winning every loop on the first day is usually the person that is not going to be even in the, like, you know, the, the final three or five yeah, and yeah, typical I, I mean you're you're a different Absolutely. caliber but it's true like what i was doing on the course was i was i was running my pace that i thought was comfortable but yet you know you, when you when you get done these races you have to look at yourself like seriously in the mirror and go okay what was that was that ego what 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 was motivating you to be out there at that pace doing what you were doing and so you know even though you think you're slowing down enough you probably could even slow down even further. I know Harvey, you're you're a fast marathoner, so I mean, when it comes to, you know, like what well, well, during during the first twelve hours during the, that first daytime loop, what were you running? What were what were your typical um, loops? Were they fifty two minutes, fifty four minutes? Yeah, I think they were somewhere in that range, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, again, like I I just was uh, doing what what felt good to me so you know like what was my what's good for me is not like necessarily yeah i could do i could play different i'll I'll put it this way i could play different um i could i could play different plays you know like i I have different plays in the playbook so Mm -hmm. that was one one day's playbook but i may come back in two years and do something entirely different just Mm -hmm. to mess with people <laughs> so, so it's like there's so much of that game it's like a game of chess so i mean like yeah. if you look at my times my times uh they vary like day to day too so mm-hmm. it's um yeah it, it, it's uh there's there's a, so many different dynamics which makes this race style pretty exciting is you can like do different so many different things and different things can work which is kind of fun too so your your day one you know, for the our listeners, didn't have a lot of dropouts. It was pretty strong. You know, a few right in the beginning. Some, some got lost. Someone hurt their ankle. But for the most part, the crew was there through day one. So everyone and everyone, I'd say there were a few who looked like they were struggling a little. Not pick on anyone, but you know, they might go. And 
So it was really just a settling in day, I imagine, right? You're feeling pretty good. Are you napping at all during the night when you're back day one? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, like, uh, I, I did like nap at nighttime uh, for sure. Mm. And, uh, you know, that, that was nice. Like, uh, it, it was really nice. So, um, but, you know, it's kind of incredible. Like, I think it, it you know, we, unfortunately, one of the runners, she got lost. That was really, really, mm-hmm. really disappointing because she made the trip there and we all felt really bad about it. Uh, it's, it's, it's one thing I thought about too, cause I'm like just one little like slip up, uh, in mistake. Um, another runner, he had like the, uh, the, uh, bell had rang and then he went over and he picked up like, uh, a phone or something from his camp. And then he was out and like that it's, it's so unfortunate because, you know, you could see how people would make that mistake when you're like, mm-hmm. you, you're tired or you're enthusiastic. And so, I mean, I was always trying to concentrate on just not making uh, a, 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 a mistake like that because it could totally happen, you mm-hmm. know, so that was always a big thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the, the sleep uh, is different. Like, the first year we did this, I think, uh, you know, we were just all sitting up in chairs and, like, kind of still talking and chit-chatting. Um, and, uh, even Guillaume and I, like on day or night two, we were just kind of like, we had that crazy rain, but neither of us were like laying down. We were just kind of like sitting there looking at each other, like down in food and this and that. So the, the race has evolved. And I mean, I wouldn't be surprised in two years if the, the first 24 hours, no one drops out. Like, mm-hmm. uh, it's very possible. Like everyone stays in for 24 hours, which is kind of cool. Uh, but uh, it also pu- pushes the race even deeper. Yeah, it sure does. And so, so Harvey, let's talk a bit about that because you know, yeah, I remember the the, the lady who ran off course. Um, you know, and she came back and she looked pretty upset. You know, the the fellow from I think I think he was from South America or South Africa. Was it yeah, South Africa? Yeah, uh, he's from Ecuador. Ecuador, Andres, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he circled back and that was heartbreaking because, yeah, you know, yeah. All, one little mistake. And, you know, I thought about that too on the course because there were times where I was drifting, you're running and you're, you're mentally drifting and you're daydreaming and you're in a, in a flow state. And you keep thinking, oh, okay, no, 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 no. Like, you don't lose focus as well too. Running yeah. through that kind of that rocky canyony area. Yeah. Now, I remember the one time I tripped and fell in there and, and Courtney was right behind me and right square into a rock and you're thinking oh you know you, there are times that you don't want to fall and you don't fall right. yeah i, I may have uh, fell on that same rock man I, I think oh I, yeah, yeah 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 we're gonna broke my fourth metacarpal <laughs> right, so we're gonna get to that the further that we yeah. talk about the, this, this race because um you know i, I definitely want to get to the, the broken hand but you know was there any one time where you were really worried about you know losing focus um running off course you know, making that one right turn on the road instead of the left turn. Was there any one time where you, you felt you were, you were, you were compromised? Well, I never had a, a concern about the, like the actual turns on the course. Fortunately, I don't know. It, we really got like that drilled into our mind. So mm-hmm. that, that was not a problem. Um, but uh, I definitely was always aware that like all it took, all it would take. I mean, the first day, honestly, I felt like three times. And I felt like the, like, I felt the most simple places, like where there were no, no obstacles. Yeah. It was just smooth, smooth sailing. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of look over and like, look at some tree or something. 
or I would be, yeah, and I would, or I'd be talking to someone and my mind would kind of like leave the spot for me and all of a sudden I'd just like be falling and I'd be rolling with it. Like, uh, yeah, I didn't have any issue because I was physically feeling strong and I was able to roll, mm -hmm. uh, land fine, no problem. Uh, and where it was like a little more technical, I wasn't like, my mind wasn't like uh, drifting like that. But um, that made me just uh, double down on like, yeah, you got to be so careful because if you have one fall like that and you hit your knee or you hit, uh, you know, you can totally throw yourself off permanently for the race. And uh, so it's, it, that's the challenge of the race because, you know, it's like you really, uh, even on the road, I actually fell once on the road. I think the first, no, it was the second night. Like I hit like a little, like, I don't know. I was like, where's that hole? I didn't even see a hole. Like, I hit some like, I don't think there was a and hole. You might be making that up. And, yeah. I was, I was running with Steve Slabby and I was like, I rolled. I was like, keep going, keep going. You got this. But, uh, and then I didn't fall again. Like, uh, I don't think I fell again on the daytime on the second day or, um, the third day. Um, it wasn't until the fourth day I fell again. I like broke my, my hand. Um, but, uh, that's, uh, yeah. So I, I definitely knew that, you know, it's part of the race. You have to, you can't like entirely zone out. Like, uh, you can zone out a little bit on the road, but you really have to always be conscious of where you are on the trail. And, it, and it's very interesting in this backyard ultra format because you know, like, um, Biggs is a more difficult course than a lot of the backyards out there. But not saying so the toughest. I mean, there's some really crazy courses that people have come up with, with you know a thousand feet of climbing mm -hmm. per hour, or you know uh, really technical things. But Biggs is not just like a grassy plain, you know, where you could just like run blindfolded. You know, mm -hmm. it's like there's an element of challenge. So I mean, like uh, you know, it, it 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 creates its element that you have to be real mindful. And so, yeah, the, the, and that's the hard thing, balancing that with the physical stress and the mental stress. And so day one, sort of everything's established. You're feeling pretty good. You get into day two, you know, now you sort of say, I'm going to be here for a while, right? That's sort of the attitude. Um, we always know that the minute someone might say, oh, I'm not feeling good. I don't know if I can make it. Then the race is sort of over. Uh, so Day two felt good. Did you start to get stronger as you went on, or was it just sort of maintaining the this the rhythm you had developed at that point? Yeah, I guess uh, you know it's like uh, you you do go through uh, waxes and wanes, and you you go through you know a little bit of highs and lows still, no matter what. Uh, but. Uh, I think you, you, you also can kind of settle into where you're, where you are and, uh, and you get sort of like hungry, <laughs> you know, you get sort of like, you get sort of, uh, um, I think there's like a competitiveness to it too, you know? So it's like that competitiveness with each other and pushing each other. Uh, it, it makes it a, a fun game, you mm -hmm. know, to, to, uh, go at, um, yeah. So I, I would say, yeah, the second day I felt pretty strong. Mm -hmm. So Harvey, you know, the second day is interesting because I was busy looking around as well, too. And you know, it's interesting because on day two, it gets real, right? You know, you're 24, 28, 32 hours in. I don't care who you are. If you've been running 100 miles, 
you're getting tired. You've had had a low by then. You know, you've run through the night, and that night is a bit tough. You know, you're running into this, you know, dark abyss of a road, and mm-hmm. it's easy to you know, mentally, it's easy to start feeling pretty bad for yourself. It's e- It's easy to start looking for exit doors, right? They become present. That blister becomes bigger. Hunger, the the food issue, whatever happens. Um, day two, you're 24, you're 32 hours in. When did you have your first low, and how did you get out of it? Yeah, so I, I remember pretty distinctly that uh, the second night I did have like a a, a low, and uh, probably I was experiencing what you were talking about just right there. And just that's where it's really helpful to have a, a real powerful crew chief. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, uh, I'm not one to rely uh, too heavily on my crew. Like, in fact, I pretty much know exactly what I want to eat and mm-hmm. what I need. So I'll tell my crew members, like, next loop, I could use this or next loop, I could use that. Uh, and I pretty much like uh, direct versus I know some runners, they they can't let their crew direct them. Um, but uh you know, my, my crew chief, Judd, and I, we're pretty strong uh, connected. We actually met at the Marathon de Sable uh, in Morocco. We, we uh, met back there in 2016, and then he crewed for me in Badwater this year uh, when we were able to pull off uh, a victory there, which was pretty amazing. And so uh, just sharing with him that I was, you know, going through a little bit of a low, you know, was was powerful because i didn't have to experience that entirely solo and uh you know and he's the only other person to knew so uh you know he 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 uh you know it's sometimes a crew member they can give you a couple of positive words that that can help you to reorient your mind to the the right direction and so give give us a little hint of what some of those powerful words were they again and you know i heard some rumors about you know, um, you know, something about commuting to work, all you need to do is, is commute to work. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So run, that's what Judd, like Judd, miles, said, right? Judd reminded me that, hey, man, it, run out to the outtime, nighttime course, just like running to work. So I was able to like do that. Very, so I was able to re, you know, program my mind and mm-hmm. just, uh, I was like, yeah, that makes a total sense to me. Like, you know, I just run to work. That's, something I do automatic and it's very easy for me is so just run, it's just run to work you just go boom 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 go to work come on back <laughs> so that, that works very well that's pretty cool yeah I think we all know that sort of run from one tree to another or whatever we can do to micro goal ourselves through you have a lot of these laps to do of course we should have asked when we started did you have a sense of how many laps you think would have won this year when you before you started were you well i I really didn't know i mean i i uh i imagined it would be uh i really imagined we would definitely break through that 300 mile threshold which we have been pushing on for quite some years now and uh you know so i i thought that would occur yeah and so then I mean, of course, you're you're certainly with this year. It's interesting, you know, because Badwater, pretty big effort. You came into Bigs feeling good and strong with that win. So you're, you know, day two is now pretty much done. Now you're going into day three. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Um, 
you know, I think Dave physically could have kept going, but he had this moment that night where he just sort of almost, you know, like I tell people to experience you're driving at night, you're going too far and you just want to fall asleep. And you just like, sometimes you can pull yourself out of it. And sometimes you got to just pull your car over and you, cause you can't win it. And you never yeah. know which one's going to happen. And this right. is just one, but he made it through that hour. Then the physical thing was still good. It was just the system saying shut down for a little while. Yes. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, so you get into now day three and, you know, we did talk to Chris and, Chris, who ends up being your partner for a long time, you know, he's starting to struggle. His knee is like blowing up on him. Um, yeah. And he keeps going. Uh, yeah. Hmm. How is this sort of evolving with the two of you at this, like, you know, as well, it was the three and then the two, but yeah. as it started to shrink, how were you feeling about your prospects? And, you know, like, hey, I'm here. This is. I'm better than everyone, or, you know, I got to really put an effort in. What was it feeling like? Well, I mean, there's no guarantees in the backyard. That's for sure. So you have to protect every moment and you have to like be very uh, aware of everything. Um, but I was, you know, my plan from the beginning was to be the final person. So, yeah, I, I, I believed that I was going to do that. And, uh, you know, I just, I, you know, I really didn't know who was going to be the final person people with me but I was going to be the final person so it, it really didn't matter who that was because uh, I was going to keep running until I yeah until everyone else stopped <laughs> so um but uh I was pretty enthusiastic to have the Japanese runner I thought that you know he's a very strong uh willed um personality and uh so I, from what I observed of him like the 12 hours leading up to us being the final three and then uh, Chris, uh, Chris was a definite surprise in a sense of like just how incredibly he, he works through just uh, things that would have made 98% of 99% of people stop that are mm -hmm. strong runners. So, I mean, uh, the third night, I pretty much thought that we had him knocked out like at least twice on loops where uh, yeah, he was just barely uh, making it back. But when he go back out, I mean, I just thought, okay, it's going to be uh, Maury and I, you know, it, uh, Chris is not going to make this. He's, he's, he's just hanging on by threads. And like, it would really impress me because he'd be skipping like sideways, like the, through that, through that loop because he couldn't run like normal ways. So he'd actually be running sideways, like mm -hmm. skipping. Like, I mean, I was just like, man, that is just amazing, Chris. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm so that just like, I was so impressed by that. I was like, I've never seen anyone do that before. Like they're just so, so tenacious mm. uh, that they're, they're not going to give up uh, even if they have to like skip sideways through the, the damn night. <laughs> like, that was pretty cool. And uh, we got to the daytime and I told uh, Laz, I said, I don't think these two guys are going to quit. I mean, I think that, you know, all three of us have pretty much decided we're not going to submit and, I don't know what's going to happen, but I don't think anyone's quitting here. <laughs> it's not going to be good. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that was impressive of Chris. And also the Japanese run. They both ran, like, some really strong races. And it was, uh, it was really incredible to be uh, a part of that. So was there any one time when you were looking at Chris, when you were looking at Morgan, and you thought, you know, I just don't know if I could beat these guys. And you started feeling defeat. 
Were, were you able to at all times feel, you know what, you know, I, I probably look equally as bad as they do. But I'm not going to quit. I'm going to show up at the start line every hour and I'm going to, I'm going to be finishing that lap. You always have a full belief in yourself that you were going to be the last person standing. Or did you ever feel any one time that, um, I don't know if I could beat these two. Well, there's always in the human spirit, there's always a little bit of like, uh, you know, you, you always wonder like, you know, that dream you have, if it's, you know, if it is possible um, or, you know, it, you always know that I could knock myself out by making a uh, mistake. So I was always sensitive that I could blow it with a mistake. You know, mm -hmm. I could blow it. So, um, you know, I was cognizant that there was for sure no guarantees. Like it's a backyard ultra. There is no guarantees in the backyard ultra. But on the other hand, I also always felt like that I I would outlast both of the, anyone else that was there. Just uh, this time, I I was like that's where I was. I I just felt like I was gonna outlast them. But again, uh, that that was a it, it's it's so delicate because it 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 could be a mistake uh, that you make and it could cost you the race and that you can't control once that happens. So uh, there's no guarantees in the backyard ultra, right. no guarantees. Dave always says to me, it's going good until it isn't. And, right. and you don't have any, the, the difference, like even if you were gonna go, I don't know, let's say you wanted to do the Tahoe 200 and you had a bad hour, bad three hours, you can you know crank it back up again. Here, there's no tolerance. I was actually surprised at how many people were like running to the start line with 20 seconds to go, you know, yeah. just making it like not because they were on cable, they just were underestimating how fast the clock goes in those last three minutes or just mm -hmm. sort of lackadaisical. So you're right, the there is no margin for error. I mean, it's literally once that third whistle blows, you're done if you're not there. So staying you know sort of very aware that's another level of right so you got all this nutrition issue to deal with you got some sleep issue to deal with you get the physical thing to deal with and then you have this format to deal with and they are compounding and of course you have all the people so it's like a certainly a crazy combination of risk yes. factors that are hard to sort of manage through so you have a great crew you're eating well for three days you're feeling strong look clearly you set out to go win this and you know your competitors are putting in the effort which you would expect um and you guys you blow through the 67 so you're now in you know new territory going along you guys break through the 81 which john stalker you know set just recently right i mean you know and uh and now it's like okay i guess we're going to be here for a while um but then you know you get closer to that last loop did anything was there any indication in your head that chris was just not going to stop at some point were you were you letting that creep in or are you just like i'm going and dissolve? no like something happened that third night and we said like uh i don't want to use profanity here but man it's like fuck that shit <laughs> no it's it, it's over with now now is now this is just gonna go on forever man and I don't care however long it's going to go. It's just going to keep on going until mm -hmm. everyone quits. So 
the yeah it, it was like a switch but uh you know like what remarkably what chris was able to do which was so remarkable is that fourth day on the, on the trail he he was just uh strong like that knee thing that he had going on it it looked like he didn't have any issue whatsoever uh so he did a great job of acting if that's what it was um you know he he ran with a good stride he looked fantastic on the trail and so at that point i thought you know sometimes it does happen that people do kind of fix themselves in the midst of the race and i pretty much thought the issue that he had on the second night or third night that was i pretty much forgot about that because he looked so strong on the the daytime loop and then also uh, the Japanese runner and I, we were pretty much going at it with each other. So I think Chris had just was just holding back, and he was just in, you know thinking, man, Harvey and the Japanese runner, they're going to destroy themselves, and this is perfect mm-hmm. for me because I'm not doing this crazy sprinting up the hill, running through the the uh, the gates, and like uh, running around the woods, yelling and hollering and stuff like that. So. Mm-hmm. I think uh, he he at least put himself. He was in a good position because we did expend a lot more energy there. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I I I kind of looked at Chris as being weakened from like the third night, and he wasn't as much on my radar. I knew he was there, and I was impressed by that. But the Japanese runner and I, we were really kind of you know going at it. We we respect each other, but we were going at it with each other. Uh, more that day, and we we used a lot more energy doing that than we we uh, necessarily needed to. Um, but uh, you know, it's like you you get to a point where you're you're are you um, sometimes you're you're racing with somebody, uh, the person that's with you at the end, uh, and sometimes you're racing against that person, and sometimes you want to go like to the the next furthest possible distance and sometimes you want to you're trying to knock each other out so Mm -hmm. it's uh there's some different things happening it's it's not always the same at every backyard ultra there's different chemistry that occurs between the final runners you know like this this the uh the other backyard ultras i've done i've always had a little more chemistry with the runners at the end and um, that's not saying anything negative about Chris or the Japanese runner, but they um, they were just more more uh, introverted, and uh, you know they they weren't like uh, really interacting as much um, on the course uh, as I have in the past with other runners. Like Guillaume and I, we we were just chit chatting a bunch and like joking with each other. You know, it's like I had an adopted brother. Um, mm-hmm. Courtney, you know, Courtney is like the sweetest person on the planet mm-hmm. and, you know, running with her is like running with like the, the motivation machine, mm-hmm. you know, so she, she's not like only motivating herself, but she's given positive motivation to the person she's, you know, running with. And so, you know, that was phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. but, but Chris and, uh, the Japanese runner, I'll be at the start line with them. I'm like, all right, guys, let's get it. And they both kind of like be just like in their own phase, which is fine. But uh, I don't, I don't, you know, it's funny because I just, we didn't have a, and then all of a sudden the Japanese runner out, we, we, we'd all of a sudden like get into like a sprint up the hill. Like who the heck is run? Mm-hmm. We were run, run up the hill the first day. We run up the hill the, the fourth day. So yeah, you know, yeah it's like, not showing it, any, any weakness, right? Yeah, it so, was so, like, so, it was pretty funny. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about that. When, when Maury dropped out, I believe it was, it was on the, 
the first hour. Um, now you and Chris exited the corral. And he only showed up, what, was it 15 seconds later or 30 seconds later? I, I really, I'm not really sure. I know it was very yeah. close. I mean, I, it had to be like less than a minute. But, yeah. You know, it, it was probably more than 15 seconds, but maybe less than a minute. So maybe 30 or so minute, seconds. Yeah. Now, so, everybody who was watching the, the live feed, and there were a lot of people watching at that time, they said that, that was the most emotional moment of the entire race because he... He, he, he kind of collapsed into a crouch and he was very, very emotionally, you know, hurt, um, disappointed. Who knows, a warrior like him, yeah. you and him were battling back and forth. That would have been an incredible, incredibly terrible feeling to, to know that you couldn't continue when you were that close. Um, you know, if, if you were listening right now, uh, would you, do you have any messages uh, kind of for him uh you do you, you want to race that guy again or is this a guy that you you don't want to see at a race again because <laughs> this this guy is is tough as nails well he he is tough as nails uh honestly uh, but uh i i only have deep respect for him mm-hmm. um i i i have like uh i hope that he knows that and i plan to reach out to him uh still um, but I hope he, he knows that and that, you know, I think that what he did was phenomenal mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, it, it could have happened to any three of us, even though we were all like really dedicated to finish, uh, and continue running. So, uh, I just don't think you can be disappointed with yourself when you, when you give a hundred percent effort like that. Uh, it, it's, it's like that, that's the last thing on the planet. You, you can't be disappointed. If, if you if you give a hundred percent effort, you can only give your best effort. And uh, if if some you know if you just if your best effort doesn't carry you that day, that that's okay. You know, I was the uh, assist in the in bigs you know twice before this, and uh, so I know that feeling. Um, but uh, yeah, it's he did have like a very very strong. Uh, almost like, like you said, almost like a, 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 a warrior like uh, mentality that he did not want to submit like on his life. So, you know, it, it it's, uh, he seemed to like, I, I saw some of the pictures and it seemed like after he went through that moment um, of like um, feeling the emotions of, of like sadness of not making it, then it seemed like a few minutes later, he did light up and he, you know, had a good embrace with Laz, and I think that there was a switch there. So I think he made it, you know, through that moment. And uh, I know, like, from the people that, like, it's pretty neat, like, at the community, like, the, the little city we create, because I know, like, the other runners were helping him and Chris. And, mm-hmm. like, they said that he was very gracious and thankful for this, the help that he received when he was running. And um, his wife was there, and I know she was fantastic. Like I was in, in, enjoyed seeing her positive encouragement. And the other Japanese runner, I think he was maybe knocked out like six, like he was like the sixth runner to go out at the end. Mm-hmm. And he was another really uh, just soft-spoken, very pleasant, uh, honorable person to run with. So uh, you know, I know that. Yeah, Maureen and I, we we kind of took it to a next level on that fourth day with like the the sprints and the 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 hollering and all the other jazz. 
but I think that's just the, kind of the color of the backyard ultra, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. there's just uh, kind of the, I, I was looking at it as like, you know, the enthusiasm of running together. So, I mean, I looked at it like we were just, you know, uh, kind of breaking through uh, barriers and uh, it was just, it was exciting to, to be on the fourth day and feel like that euphoric high to just want to like tear off. So, I mean, it wasn't the smartest thing always at times. <laughs> you know, there were, there were times where, see, unfortunately we had the, 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 uh, you know, language barrier. And there were times where I saw Maury just, you know, he just was like barreling down the hill uh in the in the trail like through the rocky area and i'm like thinking to myself that's probably not the best place to do that like mm-hmm. at on day four we should you know we did it on the the pavement we did it through the the rocky area but, but here is probably a good spot to like just kind of slow it down a little bit you know mm-hmm. get a little bit of a mo um but uh yeah so i i do i do kind of like the collaboration in the backyard ultra like I, I really like what I have with um, Guillaume and, and also Courtney. And I like that energy that creates. Um, yeah, I don't know if I really like this, this real high pressure, you know, um, super, super intense, uh, you know, uh, contentious, more contentious battle at the mm-hmm. end. I mean, uh, we played it, um, but I don't know. I think you got both worlds. You got both yeah. worlds. You have, but it is it, my. I've had different experiences with the backyard ultra. It's kind of interesting. I'm I'm curious other people, you know, how that plays out for them. It, you know, mm-hmm. David, Absolutely. you have you had like a in Canada, you had a backyard ultra where you were uh, the finalist. No, I haven't. No, the best I've done was was third at um, at Biggs two years ago. So okay, yeah, no, I, I it's 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 neat the the feelings that you end up having with the other runners and the amount of time that you spend it's funny that you bring up Chris you know Chris is quite a um um you know a, 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 like an inside type character because I, I found that the most fatty person on the course was Chris and Chris That's and I ran a lot of day two together because for whatever reason he brought started bringing up his his family and his kids and uh his wife and his career and and you know we started talking yeah i didn't hear any of that so i mean i, oh, I think it's yeah. interesting like see people Absolutely. might change day to day oh, so what you yeah. get in day one is different than day two yeah. versus day three and day four you Absolutely. know it's like totally different like uh personalities yeah no doubt and we had these all you know i found i found that you end up creating these different relationships with different individuals different times for different reasons and you end up running in the same pod with a couple people and you know you 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 feel like you're always running behind them and you trust their foot placement and then somebody else is talking about whatever um i found maury he and i were running often together he was always eager to pass me on the trail especially on the climbs and and i found he was flexing a little bit uh yeah that's his personality and that, that goes along with with what you were saying about the the warrior personality and, and what you guys were doing on, on day four it makes all the sense in the world so uh, yeah that's what's neat about these backyard races it's it's full of times of 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 you know contemplation out there and being conservative and then being aggressive at times flexing at other times just not uh, so so let's talk a little bit harvey about um your broken hand when did that happen and what did that look like yeah so 
uh, in picking back, it was like, uh, I believe the, uh, somewhere around like the 80th loop. And, uh, what had happened was, uh, I think those daytime, you know, shenanigans with Maury and I like, sprinting all around the place and making all the extra hollering and stuff on, and already in the fourth day. Yeah. I got, um, I was down on energy and I also was, uh, it was a, it, yeah, it wasn't like super hot, but once you've been running for four days, as you know, like your body has a harder time adjusting to the differentials and the temperature, whether it be a little heat and sun in the daytime or the chill mm -hmm. and the cold at nighttime. So I got a, a little dehydrated on the fourth day and my energy was like, it, it is like all energy was to forward throttle and like there was nothing else for anything. So I had gotten to a point where those last like few loops on the trail, I was making it by like four and a half minutes or something like that, which seems like very minimal. Like once you, you know, when you've been, you know, getting through it in uh, a couple more minutes faster than that previous days. And so uh, I like uh, was just going up the hill. I think it's about three fourths away through that loop. And there's like a rocky section and I literally just fell, fell down forward. And like when I landed, I totally hit my hand and then my body went all that energy right into that one point. And it's like, I had zero energy to like roll or like do like a little bit of a, you know, push up down, you know, just anything to kind of like differentiate that energy. So it all went on the hand. And I knew like right away that, you know, I had done something to my hand, but I didn't know what it was. Uh, I knew it wasn't just likely bruised. Um, I kind of hit my knee a little bit, but it wasn't much. The knee was like three, 4%. So it was very minimal. And so I just checked my knee and I was like, my, my spirit animal for this race was a honey badger. So honey badger <laughs> falls down, breaks the hand. It doesn't matter. Honey badger gets up, keeps on running. That's how it is. Yeah, so Absolutely. that's all I thought. Like your hand's not really that important, like for running. You know, you don't really need it. You just have one hand. You can get your drink with one hand. It's not a big deal. You can still like you know use your hand for like motion. So mm -hmm. it, it just kept on going, and um, I got to the crew tent. I didn't even say anything to my crew, or I don't even think I said anything to anyone. Mm -hmm. I just kept on moving. Yeah. Now, the honey badger doesn't give a crap, you know yeah whatever no. like it's you know, <laughs> you're there until you're not running anymore so uh that wouldn't be your reason right because you're right didn't no. affect your running but certainly no. that stress maybe if you're up in the 90s it might have added up later on but you know no you, it wouldn't you, have no <laughs> there you go. all right no, I, no, I, I, no, it's just a hand you don't need yeah. a hand you, you like, no, hand. it's like no. i'm not gonna stop the race over a hand you can cut Come your on. hand off then. <laughs> Seriously, like, no, man. I, take I, care I, I, of it. Since that happened, I've not had one single painkiller. Like, not not Tylenol, not Advil, nothing. Like, like zero. Like, I mean, I, I, I went home. The next day, I, I got home at, like, 11 o'clock at night. I went out, ran my mile. And then my student teacher, his his uh, fiance is an ER doctor. She suggests I go to ER. So I went at, like, about uh, about 12 midnight. And then I like, did the x-ray and fourth metacarpal, but it was a nice clean break. So it didn't need anything special. Just, I had like a little makeshift, like kind of 
uh, it's not like a cast, but like the, the next thing from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then now I've got, uh, as of a few days ago, like this uh, little brace. So mm-hmm. it, it really, the hand's not that important. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna, you got 84 done. Chris is still there. When you go out on 85, you don't know that he's stopping, right? I had no idea. No, I really didn't. I thought he just seemed so strong, man. Mm-hmm. I, I thought we were going to be running all night long. Mm-hmm. So how did, so then, you know, you're running, you're in front. When did, did it dawn on you that this was it, the last loop? Was it till you've crossed the finish line or was there any other part in the middle where you got this sense of something happened with Chris? But the, the 12th hour of the fourth day, uh, you know, we, we had a, a interesting setup because we had 11 hours on the trail and then 13 hours on the road. So the 12th hour, when we finally moved to the road, you got mostly in the daylight. And um, I started off with a, a, a major lead. Like I, I got to the midpoint, uh, I'd seen like maybe four or five minutes, maybe four minutes ahead of uh, Chris. It's a lot. But it was a lot. Uh, and I, and I was like, well, oh, geez, man, like, I, I had no idea what was, go- you know, what was going on. But when I came back, I got to like the three mile mark and he passed me like at that point. So he went from like being like back, it seemed like about half a mile or at least a third of a mile to like passing me by mile four. And so hmm. at that point, I, I just figured like, well, he's, he's, he's pretty he's going pretty strong because i saw him run all all day on the fourth day and he he just ran and when he ran past me i said well it looks like we're gonna be out here for a long time tonight you know so i was like really man he's going so then the next loop uh you know i went out and when i got out there i didn't think anything of it because you know he is the same thing he did the previous loop and when i went back you know now it's sort of like you know then you start to wonder and suspect but at that point, you've also been running for four days. So you wonder, maybe you made a mistake or maybe, you know, it's like, you always have to be like very conscientious of what's happening. So yeah, I had some inclination by like the, the final hill climb that this, this might be it. But then again, and it's like the backyard ultra, it, it never ends. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you just feel like it's never gonna end. You literally, it's never gonna end. So you just keep on moving mm-hmm. and it was nice to see everyone at the finish, um, you know, seeing, seeing a whole collection of people and the energy that w- that was real nice. So it, it was, it was definitely a surreal experience to have a, a dream, like, uh, you know, going after bad water, uh, going after the Ohio backyard and then bigs and, uh, you know, j- just, uh, it, it was one of the, the most incredible life experiences as well as running experiences to have that culminate you know the, the other special thing about this backyard ultra was just that uh having it live like that's mm-hmm. really unique for ultras you know to have like a quality live feed you know, I've, I've done the mm-hmm. desert solstice before where we have like a live feed you know on the 24-hour race but you know i don't think people tune in to that at the same you know level of interest uh, because you know you kind of tune in and you see like okay people are running at that pace you tune in two hours later, maybe someone's altered their pace, but a whole lot in the race doesn't change that greatly. But with the backyard ultra, like it's like, you never know what's going to happen. There's no guarantees in the backyard ultra. Anything could happen. So it's, mm-hmm. people were really drawn in. 
And like, even mm-hmm. this weekend when I was running the flying pig marathon weekend, uh, I did the 5k yesterday with my 99 year young friend, uh, 99.7 year young friend, Mike Fremont. And I can't tell you the number of people that came up to me yesterday and today and said, Oh my God, we were watching the live feed. I was waking up at two o'clock in the morning and, you know, doing this, or I was at work and I was falling. I mean, all these people, I mean, I had probably at least two dozen people, three dozen people tell me that uh, just people that a lot of them I didn't know uh, that, that just were like following the race. And that's only Cincinnati. So, I mean, you got all across the globe, all these different runners from different like continents and countries. And uh, that that's what's, you know, so remarkable about this sport. It really, you know, draws people in. Yeah. Uh, and it's, uh, it's kind of neat because anyone could win. Like, you know, you don't have to be yeah. the fastest runner. You don't have to be the, the, the strongest runner. You don't have to be like many things, but you, you can win. Um, by putting a, a strong strategy together in mm-hmm. in, uh, in other dimensions, yeah, and so being relentless, right? Absolutely, Harvey. And you know, you you can't discount as well too just how many people you motivated by 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 you know trying by working as hard as you did and by not quitting. I mean, that's think about the marathon today that you ran and and how many people you know were 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 you know succeeded and 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 ran the race they ultimately wanted and really exceeded expectations because you know if if Harvey could do it if Harvey could run over 350 miles I could get through these 26.2 miles you know you 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 motivate people along the way so so tell me a little bit more about that finish line so you cross the finish line after completing your 85th hour and Sandra tells you you don't need to go back out again and you don't need to you, you, you can sit and you can sleep and you can eat all the vegan burgers and all the food oh, yeah. that you want to. And <laughs> that you know, vegan food that, was how, good. Oh, so how did that feel? How did that feel to know that you did not need to stand up and answer that stupid bell again? Well, I almost felt like doing it. You know, it's like <laughs> I, I was really not really finished yet. But uh, honestly, uh, it was just uh, it was so neat to like uh, connect with all the people there. Uh, who were on the live feed and the people that were like there from the beginning, uh, you know, Laz and Sandra, just everybody. You know, it was so neat to to this. Uh, it's a wild event, so it's 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 neat to share that experience with everyone. And uh, yeah, I, I remember. Um, yeah, it, it, I remember like talking to Laz and and uh, it, one of the first things I, I don't I wasn't thinking this the whole race I wasn't thinking this for I didn't think this at all like for weeks months at all, but one of the first things I said is like Laz you know, uh, winning the bigs it, it gives me an entry into the uh, mm-hmm. Barkley, and he seemed like he was gonna backtrack a little bit on that, <laughs> but uh, he was uh, agreeable. Uh, the next day he t- did tell me. Uh, I will be the sacrificial lamb in in the Barkley. So yeah, I'm not <laughs> so sure. I, I would disagree, uh, but yeah, yeah. But, right. but he's the Godfather. Back. He is the Godfather. Yeah. So thank you, Dave. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah I, I didn't really want the moment to end, so I wasn't really ready to go anywhere. I just uh, yeah, I enjoyed. Uh, yeah, congratulate Chris. Uh, he, mm-hmm. Just an incredible race. You know, he ran such an incredible race. Uh, it took a tremendous amount of tenacity 
to to uh, survive with the adversity he had as well, mm-hmm. and uh, that that was impressive. And then I was just uh, thankful to my crew chief Judd, who who basically uh, he's a he's probably the, he's the best crew chief in the world. I know we all say that, but he comes up with stuff that other people look at our stuff and they start mimicking. Like, I mean, he, he comes up with stuff that we see like later on at like desert solstice and no one's ever had it before because he, he's come up with it. So, I mean, he's just got a real creative mind and I love that. Uh, and then just, uh, the, the, uh, the energy, like, I mean, uh, having like, uh, Howie Stern, uh, some of the mm-hmm. other like photographers and videographers that were there, uh, capturing it, it, it just, uh, was kind of neat to know that it was being broadcast. You know, most races we do, you, you, you only have like a limited, uh, broadband and the broadband at this race had increased. And that, that's kind of neat. Like you don't normally get that all shows, mm-hmm. you know, have that like live feed where people could tune in. And that's kind of neat that you kind of set like a precedent that uh, could grow. And that could be, imagine where that can go in five or 10 years. Uh, It's like, it's already uh, out of control. And imagine where it's it's got the uh, power to move towards is is kind of uh, striking. Yeah, no yeah. question. Yeah. And you know, and as we get close to wrapping up and letting you sort of recover a little from your run and everything today, you know, Dave and I talked a lot about this hundred loop kind of mindset, you know, like, but maybe there isn't really, you know, if we manage this, you know, the question is what are the variables that would contribute? Of course, you need someone to run 99 with you if you're going to do a hundred. So two people have to be capable. What do you think, Harvey, now that you've sort of pushed it to this level, what do you think is next for backyard? Is it that it's people are shooting for a hundred. Is it, you know, another element of it, you know, or there's of course no finish to this thing ever. It just keeps going. <laughs> yeah. It's the way Laz has created it. It's there, there is no finish. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, the, the backyards uh, it, on a course, like you have like uh, where the record was set in, in the UK, I think that, you know, they could you know, very easily maybe hit, not easily, but they could definitely hit, you know, hundred this summer, next summer, or or something like that, because more more people want to go. You know, it attracts more more competition. Mm-hmm. Previous people that have experience that can go further, and the the there's not uh, you don't have quite as much like uh, topography and like technical elements of course uh, for like uh, bigs as well. Like I mean, there's no limits. You know, it's just that every time uh, a new record is set, it just uh, makes it easier to get to that point because people start to change their mindset about what's possible. Mm-hmm. So it's like everything is about what your mindset believes is possible. So mm-hmm. it certainly is possible. Like uh, mm-hmm. some runner, she I, she asked me if it's possible. Like in, when we were running bigs the first day, she says, is it possible that someone can do 500 miles here? And I said, yes. And she's like, no way, really? Yes. So yes, it's possible. It absolutely is possible. It is, uh, but there's other elements to it, like the weather, like you said. Uh, I mean, Laz is just, uh, he's something quite special person. So, I mean, uh, as long as Laz is there, 
you know, Laz has that power to conjure up some magic, you know, yeah, sure without does. Laz there, it's not going to happen. So, I mean, mm-hmm. not in that particular spot, but yeah. so Laz brings some special uh, energy and, and uh, uh, you know, some metaphysical crap to the, to the uh, being of the, the beast. Yeah, there's no question. I'm really happy that the world record belongs at this point to, to Big's Backyard, the original, you know, backyard course um, in Laz's backyard. You know, he, he created some secret sauce. And I think that, you know, we all go there and, and try our best. And, and, and Harvey, this year you were the best. And, and you know, I'm, I'm, I want to run with you again in a couple of years. But I, I can't imagine right now, you know, the, the feeling that you have and, and coming off of this and really even thinking about of what's next you know what's what's you're chasing tomorrow you alluded a little bit to that earlier about Barkley. i mean you you earned a spot there are very few spots at Barkley. it's something you don't turn down i can't imagine you're turning it down and you're gonna, no not, like you not alluded it before it you're gonna you gotta go get a compass um, right but you know what's what's next for you how do you you know how do you come down off of this cloud and yeah, dream just as big as you've you've, you've dreamt before Right. So it, I think it's always important. Like we, you know, a lot of times we feel like uh, some sort of like uh, a, a uh, down uh, once you've had a, a big high like that. So it is real important to find some, some new element uh, that's going to work a new set of skills, which absolutely mm-hmm. works out very well for me because Barkley is a whole nother animal. And uh, mm-hmm. where my skills are, uh weakest at the moment are like navigating uh mm-hmm. in like you know places where there's no trails you know that that's so i'm excited about the opportunity to like learn those skills to develop my navigation mm-hmm. and uh hopefully i'll make it past loop one <laughs> we'll see you know either i may make it past i may make it i might not make it past loop one i might make it past all five loops you know mm-hmm. never, never know yeah, so uh, I'm really looking forward to throwing my energy into Barkley and uh, giving him my best uh, shot in terms of the puzzle, you know, so that's exciting. And uh, yeah, it's, it, thank you for all the like very gracious like words you guys had tonight. Mm-hmm. That was very kind of you. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's, it's really, uh, I just feel like a representative of the sport because I'm just one amongst so many others that are really phenomenal athletes that pushed at the, uh, you know, bigs. I mean, uh, yourself, uh, you had like Courtney, uh, Maggie. I mean, they're just phenomenal runners. This positive energy, seeing, seeing what they did, like, you know, they, they weren't, uh, there was a, a, a lap in like uh, day, day two where they went back to help another runner. Um, they moved back and they actually ran with someone else. So they, they wanted to keep that runner, uh, moving and not not from dropping out and like that's that's so like giving you know and mm-hmm. I, I i think that's something more powerful in uh the energy that we draw from with uh the the bigs uh mm-hmm. is like that that love and giving element uh i think that could actually carry us to further distances than the uh you know let's let's destroy each other element <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, no they both can get us far, but one I think actually will ultimately get us to even further distances. Well, Harvey, uh, you know you're uh, a role model on so many levels 
And uh, your gracious in winning is um, something everyone should listen into because uh, what you did was far beyond what any human can sort of really contemplate. They don't fully understand that, you know, you're just saying, oh yeah, well, you know, I did 85. It was a remarkable mental, physical, emotional, and just overall personal achievement on your part. And so congrats. We're going to keep watching you. And if you keep putting up the stuff like this, we're going to just have to keep talking to you on the podcast, Harvey. So Thanks, brother. Oh, it's a pleasure, man. So I love, I love connecting with you both. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Thank awesome. you. Definitely. Congrats. Thanks so much, you guys. Dave, I think Harvey is not only one of the best ultra runners in the world. I mean, he's also one of the most gracious people we've had the pleasure to speak with. And can you imagine winning two backyards and Badwater all in one year? I mean, that's like more like a career of accomplishments. I mean, it'll be fun to see what he can do in 2022. I'm excited to see how he tops this year. Okay, that's a wrap for this week. As always, a big shout out to our sponsor, Performance Tea. You should check out their new Endurance Electrolyte Blend. It's amazing. Half and half, and it just keeps you going. You can find them on performancetea.com, and they've given us a discount code for any of our listeners to get 20% off their purchase. Just use Chasing20 at checkout. And we greatly appreciate if you could follow us on Instagram and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. That would be awesome. As always, a huge thanks to our listeners for coming with us on this journey and chasing tomorrow with us. Thanks.